Welcome to the Check Insider Podcast. Hey, recently I sat down with Nedra Hur. Nedra is a longtime member of Community Heights Alliance Church, and we talked about her experiences over the last, oh, 30, easily 30 plus years. Some of her relationships, some of her involvement at the church. Really interesting. Now, Nedra is a is one of those quiet people. She's probably would consider herself an introvert. So probably not a lot of you know a lot about her, even though she's been at the church longer than some of us have been alive. So uh, just sit down for a few minutes or keep exercising or folding laundry or driving down the road or whatever it is you do when you listen to the podcast and enjoy this conversation with Nedra. Nedra, welcome to the Chack Insider Podcast. You're like the you're like the third guest, so you're one of the charter guests. I'm honored. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. So, Nedra, tell me, how long have you been a part of Community Heights? I've been here since um, the mid-70s, I think. Okay, so 40 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So you've seen a lot of things, mm-hmm. people, dare I say pastors, right? Yeah. People like me yeah. come and go. What's give me a memory of when you first started coming? Like what brought you to Community Heights? I knew people here. Um I had been in Newton for probably about five years and um at that point up until then I'd been going home every weekend to my parents. And uh then I bought a house and I decided I better stay here, so then I started looking for a church here. And uh, the first time I came here, I met people. They were friendly to me. And um, after that, shortly after that, I met somebody at the fabric shop. And she introduced herself and and told me she had seen me here. And um, little things like that happened, and I decided I wanted to keep coming here. Were there other churches that you had visited? I had gone to um, a free Methodist church. And I went to that for a little while, but I didn't. I just didn't feel like that's where I belonged. And I visited a couple other churches as well. So. Was there any ministry or group that you got involved in, like at the beginning? Um, I think the main thing I got involved in was just the music, choir and piano and um, things like that for several years. So do you sing? Well, kind of. <laughs> okay. okay. And you, do you play the piano? Mm-hmm. Have you... I don't think I've seen you. No, I haven't done that for several years now. Okay. I did. I really, since I don't need to anymore, I haven't been practicing. Oh, you haven't been practicing, so your fingers are a little rusty. Yeah. So where do you work, Nedra? I used to work at Maytag. I was there for 35 years. 35 uh, years? Yeah. You started when you were 10? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I came here out of um, college. I went. I got my degree at Iowa State in okay. textiles and clothing. And um, then I got a job at Maytag right away and was there. So you said you got a degree in textiles and clothing. Mm-hmm. But Maytag didn't deal with that, did they? Yeah, we washed the clothes and we dried them. And that background was helpful. Okay. Oh, so that's interesting. So so what particularly did you do at Maytag? I worked in research and development. And uh, my job was um, in the, well, at that at, when I started, it was the home economics lab, um, became design evaluation, and eventually it became performance lab. But I was, um, for the last, most of the time I was there, I was in charge of testing appliances with consumers in mind. We had to do standard tests. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the things 
you wouldn't think of doing the way we did them. Okay. But you had to standardize things in order to be able to have something that you could repeat and uh, use to help people out with their laundry problems and dishwasher problems. That's cool. So I remember as a kid, I mean a little kid, growing up and seeing the commercials with the Maytag repairman, Mm -hmm. you know, who was always so despondent because he had no work to do. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So when I came here, I guess I didn't know until I came to visit that that old man Newton actually lived. An old man Newton. Maytag. <laughs> old old man Maytag actually lived here mm-hmm. in Newton with you know his whole family, and the, the, that actually started here. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. So basically, your entire career was spent at Maytag. Yeah. And did you? So you retired from Maytag. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of ended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you with with everybody else, right? Yeah. It ended yeah. here in Newton anyway. Yeah. So as you've been going uh, over the years at Community Heights, what have been some of the highlights of your time at Community Heights as you think back over um, almost 40 years? What are some things that just kind of jump out at you that you've experienced or you've been a part of? Oh, I think that probably the experiences with the choir were probably the, the best experiences. Okay. And I think the last few years working with the ladies um, sewing on Wednesdays, um, that's been a highlight for me, too, I think. So things that you're good at and things that you enjoy. Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So so there, there's a lesson there, right? So it, a lesson for me as a church leader that are there enough opportunities in the church for people to be involved in ministry in the areas where they're gifted, in the areas that kind of uh, make their eyes light up, mm-hmm. you know, where they really enjoy it. And if there's not, I think that the, the one of the things I believe is the ministries of the church should reflect the gifting of the people. So your gifting is in is in music and in creating stuff. And I bet I bet there are probably things that you could do here at Community Heights that we're just not doing that we just haven't maybe we haven't maybe explored it. But you talked about. The sewing group. You say sewing group? Mm-hmm. So there's a sewing group here. Well, they, I think they call themselves quilters. Oh, the quilters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and tell us what tell us what you all do with that. Okay. Well, um, for the last couple of years, we've had um, a real need in Newton that the Christian church started working with, um, and they started making beds for kids. They call it beds for kids. And they find out about children that don't have a bed to sleep in and they make a bed for them and then we've been supplying them with quilts whenever we can and uh, besides that then we've also supplied to the Peck Child Care Center and the Pregnancy Center we've had a few small things go there I guess Peck likes to have them to put on the floor for the kids to lay or sit on so like how many of these I'm going to call them blankets, because that's what I would call them. Yeah. But how, how many have you made? Uh, how oh. many do you make in a given year? Do you have any idea? Since I've been helping with them, it's been hundreds. Really? At first, we sent them down to Mexico. Um, there was a mission that went across the border into a border town, and there were people that were actually living in the, um, the junkyard, hmm. the landfill. And uh, they they made their living there. They scrounged around. Oh, and, right. Right. And and these blankets went down to those people. And um, then we had to stop that because of the danger of crossing the border. 
Yeah, the so, violence and everything. Yeah. So then we started looking for places around here, and we sent to Hope Ministries in Des Moines for a while. And um, then we found out about Beds for Kids, and they were they were happy to have us give them so something. So when you say the Christian church, is this the one in the downtown mm-hmm. area? Mm-hmm. Okay, Pastor Young, Yeah, I, I don't think, know. is the pastor I there. We work with um, Dick Palmer okay. and Connie. So Community Heights is partnering with another church in town mm-hmm. to meet the needs of people that are in need mm-hmm. and distress. That's really interesting. That's encouraging. Um, so you so you said the choir and music. You're not involved in that much. So this is interesting. Times change. Culture changes. Mm-hmm. And churches you get change. <laughs> and yeah, right. We're not talking about that. This isn't a getting older podcast. <laughs> so. Um, how have you how have you navigated that when when all of a sudden you know kind of the, the landscape changes and there's not a choir like there used to be? What keeps you in a church? What keeps you in the same church for forty years? I think just the people and the things that I've been able to take part in. And uh, right now, I'm enjoying sewing with the ladies and. Mm-hmm. And I hear that you also do wood carvings. <laughs> And I got to see some of those yeah. recently. T- tell us about that. How long have you been doing that? Well, officially, I've been. I started carving about 2010, but I had taken a couple classes before that, several years before that, mm-hmm. and then I was just too busy in life, and I thought I'll just wait until I'm retired. And uh, so, after I retired, I retired early, mm-hmm. and so right, it took right. me a while to. Um, decide to actually get my stuff out and start carving again. So I started, I say, in 2010. So are you like sharp, sharp knife Betty over there with your, with your, <laughs> with your nine inch blade? Or? I'm still learning to sharpen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hard part. Carving is easy compared to sharpening, I think. So can you draw? Um, drawing isn't my biggest talent. Yeah. I, I like to trace things, and I can draw, but I... I mean, do you consider yourself artistic? I have people call me an artist, but I don't feel like I am, because I don't feel like I'm I'm original. Yeah. And So I, when you carve, do you carve looking at something else? Um, I usually trace something onto the wood before I start. Okay. And then I start carving. And sometimes you have to redo it and and change the what you're going to do because you've had a boo-boo or something. <laughs> <laughs> an oops? Yeah, an oops. <laughs> so we never see the pieces of wood that get hacked up and tossed in the well, fireplace. Yeah, there are a few huh? of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you, so you trace it on there, but then you've got you've to figure out the depth mm-hmm. and the, yeah. the 3D aspect of that. Yeah. And I have to figure it out as I go along. It doesn't just hit me right away and I know exactly how deep to go and stuff. I just figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, who have been who have been the people that you've been connected with over the years? And you can give names because it's just our church. <laughs> so, who who are like some of who would be like your your friend circle? Um, well, of course, the quilting ladies, and then Donnie and Deb Van Gelst and Marge, mm-hmm. and Donnie or Gary and Lori Van Dolen and Norma Van Dolen. She's not here. She's in. Mexico. Okay. And um, I guess those are probably the ones I'm closest to. Yeah. Would you say that relationships are easy in a church? Mm, depends on who you are. 
Like, so somebody's been here for 40 years. Oh, you should have, like, scores of really good friends. But it doesn't really work that way, does it? Mm -hmm. It depends on who you are. Some people do. Some people are a little quieter. (laughs) I was out at, uh, met with a pastor for lunch today. And as I was leaving the restaurant, there were two ladies sitting at a booth, and they said hello to me. And they're ladies that go to our church. And the one lady said, I said, how long have you two been friends? Now, they're, these ladies are, let me say they're over 50. And I'm thinking they probably have been friends for 20, 30, 50 years. And they said, oh, just like two years. I said, really? And the one said, well, I worked a lot. And then when I retired, I realized I, I haven't, don't have any friends at Community Heights. I don't really know anybody. So she asked this lady to go to the ladies' retreat. And she said, we'll room together. If you go, we'll room together, and then we could do the zip line together. And so they just kind of, you know, struck up a, a relationship and have now regularly gotten together for lunch or coffee. But the, the, the answer I was fishing for about relationships, they're not automatic, are they? Mm-hmm. You really have to invest. So how often do you get together with uh, the quilting ladies? We try to come every week during... Mostly, I would say the school year. Yep. Um, during the summer, we take a few weeks off. But, um, and of course, during the school year, things happen, and there aren't enough of us. If somebody's not going to be able to be there, um, we sometimes don't meet. So you don't come and work independently. Mm-mm. You all have like a piece of the pie? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So if one or two are missing, you really can't do what you want to do? Well, you have a lot of stuff to get out and put away and so it just everybody has their role (laughs) that's interesting so you carve wood but you've also done it with some with a competitive edge to it right yeah and and where have you taken those well you know i never would have entered a competition but i was encouraged to enter okay um, by we have a club here in newton and i was encouraged by a couple of the guys there to enter there's a carving so, club in Newton. Uh-huh. How many yeah. people are in the carving club? Oh, anywhere from a dozen to maybe 15 or so. Wow. Hear yeah. that? Community Heights <laughs> is a carving club. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Just don't be around any of them when they're upset. <laughs> yeah, we're a pretty mild group. <laughs> so so somebody encouraged you to yeah. do what? Entered, uh entered the state fair. Okay. And uh, that was hard to take my stuff out and make it open to the public and hmm. open myself up to that and but i went ahead and did it and i got blue ribbons and i thought you know this is kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to win isn't it, <laughs> it is. so a blue ribbon at the state fair i mean it's the top prize right it's it's the first place first in, place yeah in the group that or the category that it's entered in and then red is second and white is third okay and uh when i was i was thinking when i was in 4-h as a kid, um, everybody got, we got a lot of blue ribbons, a lot of red ribbons, a lot of white ribbons. But as an adult in the wood thing, you got one blue ribbon, you get one red and one white in okay. a category. <laughs> okay. And so it's not as easy to get a blue ribbon as an adult as it was with yeah. a kid. <laughs> and the Iowa State Fair is, is arguably one of the most famous of yeah, the state what, fairs in the yeah, country. That's what they say. So it's not, it's not beanbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how many years have you gone there with these carvings? Um, 
I would say probably maybe eight or I don't know if I've been there more than that or not. But Should I ask how many blue ribbons you've gotten? Well, all but all but two have been blue. All but two, really? Yeah. And one of the red ones was um, after my own blue ribbon in the same oh, okay. class. <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting. So, now, what types of things do you like to carve? Um, I do mostly relief carving, and that just takes a board and you carve into it to make something stand out, and that would be buildings or animals or um, just about anything that you want to do. Um, but I've done a little bit of some, uh, trying to do some animals and stuff like that, but I haven't done as many of those as I have. I like to do flowers, I guess, most. So when you say relief, so the the part of the, the edges of it are still flat, and you're carving to the inside of it to make yeah, if, parts of it stand you, out. If you're going to do it with a frame, now you can do it without a frame too. You can you can just cut away everything but what you're going to do, and then just make it into a three dimensional whatever. But it would still be flat on the back, and oh, okay. and you could hang it on the wall or do something okay. like that with it. And some animals would just be animals; and they'd stand on a desk or. A table or something. Yeah, if you want to, well, you can do an animal in relief where it would be flat and you'd hang okay, it on the wall. Right. Or you can do a full in the round animal. Yep. Which is easier? Um, I don't know. Are they, can you do both? Yeah. Kind I would of. think the full in the round would be more difficult. Yeah, I think it probably is. Because hmm. you got to think about all the, all the sides. Right. But when you do it in relief, you've also got to deal with the fact that you've only got so much wood, and you're only going to... Go so deep before yeah. you get to the other side. Yeah. Okay. So you said it was hard to go and put your stuff out for people to look at. Mm-hmm. Why, why was that? I guess because I'm kind of a private person. Okay. And I just don't put myself out there that easily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like going on like a podcast and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I should have done this. <laughs> so well, no. So tell me about that. So you had to, you had to take your, you had to take your carving and you had to put it on a a table. Yeah. Right at the state fair. Yeah. What was that like that first time that you put it out and? It was and, hard. <laughs> I wanted to hide it the whole time. I had it in a bag and I, I hid it until I had to take it out and. <laughs> get my number and <laughs> did you did you think somebody might look at it and just be oh that's dumb yeah <laughs> right right that kind of thing yeah so people are like that though we're like that and we're mm-hmm. like that with all kinds of stuff and i think that you know god gives us a gift but because we have it we don't think it's that big of a deal but when we use it other people are blessed so, you know, you had this gift and you were thinking <laughs> you didn't want to you didn't want to share it with anybody. I can remember when I first started recording podcasts and editing them. I'd get done and I would I would export it out and I've got this sound file. I did not want to put it up on the internet for people to listen to because my voice sounded really stupid. And, you know, I was going to make mistakes. So, you know, I get that. But I think in the church, too, that fear keeps us from walking up to a person and saying hello. You could. Volunteering to do something. But you didn't let your fear keep you from putting it on that table. 
would you say that it was the people in the group encouraging you? Mm-hmm. That I never would have gone if I hadn't been told, hey, you should enter. <laughs> so uh, I'm seeing a lesson there, you know, in the church that it talks about, you know, encouraging one another and supporting one another and being there for one another. And that's really true. Um, a lot of us wouldn't be involved in doing the things we do. And it, it's also true that sometimes we just need to be asked. We just need to be asked to do something. Mm-hmm. And that goes right to people attending church. You know, well, nobody ever asked me. <laughs> a lot of people don't go to church today because nobody ever asked them. And I think a lot of people don't know the gospel because nobody's ever told them. Mm-hmm. So they said to you, hey, you should enter it in at the state fair. And we're, when they said that, did anybody in the group already do that? Already enter, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, I shouldn't say everybody, but several were Most doing of them that. did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you just kind of went with the crowd and went and also entered yours. Mm-hmm. And you beat some of the people that you went with. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I don't you, know if anybody from our group was behind my carvings okay. or not, because <laughs> okay. there are a lot of different classes you can enter. That's interesting. So what have you learned over the years in your walk with Jesus? What have you learned from the different people that have been in your life, the different maybe Bible study leaders, Sunday school classes, small groups, different messages, maybe people that have come and visited or missionaries? Anything that, that, that kind of stands out where where you really were impacted by their ministry to you? One of the things, I guess, and this goes clear back to the beginning, um, Pastor Hoover did a series of um, sermons on the spiritual gifts, and I'd never heard that before. Hmm. And uh, I think that really impacted me a lot. And what gift did you think? Discover that I've never had. been quite sure what my gifts are. <laughs> <laughs> but just to know that the Holy Spirit right. uses us mm-hmm. in the lives of other people. So that goes way back. Pastor Hoover, mm-hmm. I don't think I've heard that name. Ian Hoover. Ian Hoover. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What did you experience when we moved from the, the 12th Street uh, around the corner and we moved here? What was that like? And some people didn't make the move. Some people didn't want to leave and come around the corner. And I heard that some people just they just didn't come or they came for just a little bit and then they left. What were some of the struggles with moving to a new building? For me it wasn't a struggle, I guess. It was just I'm going to a different place than I did before. <laughs> okay, so there was uh, no Uh-uh. No, it wasn't a struggle. Tell me about your family. Well, I have two brothers. One lives in Pennsylvania, and the other one splits his time between Dallas Center and San Antonio. And you can guess where he is right now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And my parents, um, we grew up on a farm in Dallas Center, and uh, my dad retired, and they moved to Arkansas for 20 years. And uh, for the first few years, though, he came back to the farm and and planted and harvested. And he finally gave up on that, and and then he was retired. They lived in Arkansas for 20 years, and then they moved to Newton and lived at Newton Village. And they were here for about 10 years before they both were 
So so you got to have them around the last yeah. 10 years. Yeah, they were gone for 20 years, so it was nice to have them here. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So so you've been through that whole process of your parents aging and having to say goodbye to your parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, were you ever part of that grief share Mm-mm. class that I've heard about? No. Okay. So, Nedra, you've been around for a long time. You've seen a lot of different iterations of this church. What do you hope for the future of Community Heights? Because, you know, we're here on the hill. We've got the buildings finished. You know, all the debt's paid off, and and everything seems to be going okay right now. But uh, what do you think about the future? You know, in 20 years from now, what do you hope that Community Heights can accomplish as a church in the next 10 to 20 years? I guess I would like to see people's needs being met, and I think they are being met now, but continue to do that and just continue to um, bless people's lives. See the words taught here. and uh, When you say needs being met, are you thinking about any any group in particular? No, I, I guess I'm thinking um, in terms of oh, sermons and stuff like that, that... that we we hear the word and that it reaches into us and okay yeah is there any group uh, age group within the church that um, that you have a heart for in particular like some people like little kids some people like teenagers mm-hmm. some people like older people well I <laughs> I've I've tried to work with kids in the past and I find that I don't understand kids. I didn't understand him when I was one. <laughs> I still don't understand him very well. So I just don't feel like I'm, I'm meant to work yeah, with them. Yeah. So I love kids. Uh, I, I had little kids. You know, we have kids. but And I love kids. But wrangling a classroom of kids, that's so stressful. That's it. I watch people do it, and I'm amazed, mm-hmm. you know, that they... They do, and they just seem kind of go with the flow and everything, and that that stresses that stresses <laughs> me out. So, Nedra, I heard in the last year and a half that Community Heights has lost some really significant church members in the last year and a half. People that have been here for a long time that had really deep spiritual roots in this church and had a lot of influence. Tell me about tell me about one of the people that. Uh, uh, that we've lost in the last two years, somebody maybe that you knew or that maybe had uh, an impact on your life over the years? Oh, I would say probably Dick Bergeson. Dick Bergeson. Yeah. I worked with Dick at Maytag. Okay. And um, he was one of the people I knew that came to this church when I started here. Okay. And, um, yeah, I would say he probably had the biggest impact. So I've never met Dick. Mm-hmm. What What's he like? Oh, <laughs> he was just one of the most gracious people you could ever know, and yet he was a lot of fun. At work, he, he could laugh and have a good time, but he was also very um, spiritually mature, you might say. Hmm. Um, he was very heavily involved in Navigators. Okay. And um, just a really, really good guy. So he was a part of this church for decades. Yeah. And had an influence on you as well as many, so many other people. Yeah. Well, recently I was at a primetimers uh, dinner, and you had you brought all of your 
uh, carvings, uh, maybe not all of them, but you brought a bunch of carvings out and put them on a table, and we got to take a look at them. And I am not, I am not an artist. And I could try, but I'm not going to discover any hidden gift in the area of carving or drawing. But you had some, you had some really, really nice carvings on that table. Tell me, as we as we land this plane of this conversation, tell me which which one of those is kind of the your favorite your favorite carving, and and why? Well, that night, um, I had the first three carvings there that I'd ever done. And probably my favorite one is the first one I did. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah, just, just because it was the first time I'd ever tried anything like that. And it's not, it's not good. It's got a lot of flaws <laughs> in it. <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> and it kind of started the whole thing. And probably the other favorite I have would be the last, I think it would be the last one. It was the one that I entered in competition this year, this last year. And... uh it was probably my second favorite. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, Nedra, thank you for being on the podcast. People will know things about you they didn't know before, and I appreciate your being on. Thank you. It's been fun to do this. There you have it, my conversation with Nedra. Her, it was a delight to sit down and talk to Nedra in my office and just to hear her heart. And, you know, it's I enjoy talking to people like this. I like to look in their eyes and I like to read their body language and see she's somebody who is deeply committed to Jesus, deeply committed to our church. And I hope that if you see her around church, you'll ask her to see a picture of one of her carvings. And if you're really lucky and, you know, we're Christians, so we don't believe in luck, but if you're really lucky, she'll show you one of her carvings in person. Hey, thanks for listening today to the Jack Insider. <laughs>